You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Right now, let's talk some Colts with Stephen Holder from the Indy Star. Of course, uh, Anthony, you and Stephen go back a little bit. We do. Stephen, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well, man. Good to talk to you, man. There's no doubt. Well, obviously the, the biggest news, and I think there's actually it's a double story, but you know the Andrew Luck saga, will he, won't he, when will he be ready? Help us figure out that. It looks like they're saying at least the first game, do you foresee it being more? And I think another thing is, uh, you know, I think you're losing two quarterbacks because you're talking about your center, Ryan Kelly, out for the season. Uh, those are two huge hits for a team that's trying to make some big changes uh, with a new GM and a coach that's trying to get this thing going. Well, I'll start with Andrew. I mean, they are not committing to him either playing or not playing in the opener just yet. But, but I think if you if you look at the smoke signals, it's pretty clear no one is planning on him being there week one. I think they're operating under an assumption. I am certainly operating under an assumption for sure that he's not going to play against the L.A. Rams on September 10th. Now, I don't think this is going to be necessarily a long-term thing, but certainly in the short term. I think if it was a long-term issue, I I – hope and pray the Colts would have been more, um, I guess, proactive about their quarterback situation in the offseason. The fact that they really didn't try that hard to upgrade their backup quarterback situation suggests they don't expect a long-term absence. But at the same time, I thought Andrew would be back already. So I didn't think we'd still be having this conversation. So who the heck knows? But I expect him to be on the active roster come Saturday. Does that mean he plays? Of course not. I don't think he will play at this point. But but I don't think it's going to be a PUP situation where he's out six, seven, eight weeks. Um, at least that's not what I'm expecting. Now, Ryan Kelly, that's a huge loss. He's not out for the season. He should be back at some point, but he's going to miss some time. He's got a broken foot. He's, he had surgery, so that is going to take some time. And, look, he is a huge part of what they're doing, that, that whole sort of revamping of the offensive line. He was the centerpiece to that and was the guy who was supposed to anchor that unit for years to come. So when you don't have him and you don't have your quarterback initially, that's a whole different ball of wax. I mean, was anybody expecting anything as far as Andrew Luck goes this offseason? Like, were you in the loop in, in any of this? Because this this staff, has, at least, has seemed to to just – I don't know. Playing dumb is not the right thing. Smoke screens is what it would be. It just doesn't seem like you've gotten a clear answer at all during this whole process. Well – it has been a little frustrating. The one thing the Colts have done is, for the most part, they have sort of shied away from establishing a timeline, and that's what I think has led to to the confusion. Because most times when a guy's hurt, they'll say, all right, four to six weeks, or even if it's a matter of months, six months, nine months. We never got that. And what did happen, though, was owner Jim Mercer on a couple of occasions kind of led people to believe that Andrew Luck would have been back for the start of training camp or at minimum the start of the season. And those previous statements, I think, added to the ambiguity and the confusion. So here we are now. We get to the start of training camp, and they say, oh, well, he's going to go on PUP. It's no big deal. You know, we know it might take some time. And then so you're going back to the previous statement. You're like, well, wait a minute. So I think that really led to people sort of scratching their heads, myself included. But but GM Chris Ballard and, and Coach Chuck Pagano have been pretty consistent on one thing which is not really establishing any kind of timeline so that way they don't have to answer for it when it doesn't come true so but the one timeline that chris ballard did establish was that or time element if you want to use that word is that 
Andrew Luck would be on the active roster for the start of the season. So that was their intent, and they can still make that happen. We'll see here within a few days when they do their final roster. So let's talk about if he doesn't play. Scott Tolzien is obviously there's a big gap between what Luck brings to the table and these other guys. Uh, he had a solid preseason game. I think it was 7-10, 123 yards. Stephen Morris, uh, is he entering the equation? Is it just kind of like, is it going to be Scott if it's not Luck, or is there a possibility that they're kind of flipping a coin here and letting it play out uh, all the way through the last preseason game? I thought at one point this might be a conversation, but it seems like everything right now points to Scott Tolzien. What's interesting, though, is locally, I think local fans have really watched these preseason games, and Stephen Morris has a lot of fans sort of pining for him to get more of an opportunity. And what happened is he was buried on the depth chart to start training camp. They had him as the third quarterback of the three healthy quarterbacks. A rookie, Philip Walker from Temple, was second string for the first two preseason games. But Stephen Morris last preseason led the NFL in passing and actually had a pretty good exhibition season. People wanted to see more. So it was kind of perplexing. The point is they finally promoted Stephen this past week to second quarterback behind Tolzien, gave him some gave him some snaps with the starters. He played great, I thought. But today in practice, as they were back at it today, Tolzien was taking the first team reps. So he's the guy, and that's the way they've been proceeding from day one. Now, whether it's the right decision is a whole other story. I thought they should have at least explored the Stephen Morris angle a little more. He has more playmaking ability. Scott Tolzien is a guy who you know you can trust he can execute, but he's not going to give you anything out of the ordinary. He's going to be a very predictable and sort of a sort of a game manager type of quarterback. But sometimes you want that out of your backup. And, and when you look at Tolzien, what kind of rapport does he have with Hilton and Moncrief and Doyle? You know, we know what Andrew Luck has, but is there any type of rapport there, or would it be a situation where? You know, here's a better way of putting it. Who's he going to if this team is down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Who does he have the rapport with? Well, that this is where there's a problem. I mean, he does have a rapport, I think, with Doyle because Doyle gives you a lot of those intermediate routes where you don't necessarily have to take the high-risk throw down the field. So he gives him some options there. And just like for Andrew Luck, Doyle can be sort of a, a safety valve for Scott Tolzien as well. However, this offense is a deep ball offense. Rob Chetinsky is the offensive coordinator. Okay, he's a North Turner disciple. You've got Andrew Luck, whose best throw is the deep ball. And then you've got a guy like T.Y. Hilton, who basically his best skill is to take the top off the defense. So it changes the trajectory of the offense. The whole complexion of the offense changes without Andrew Luck because he's the guy who drives that sort of long ball offense. When you lose that, it changes everything. So I think they're going to be a an easier team to defend, clearly, without Angel Luck because they don't have they don't have an inferior quarterback, but also because they won't be as aggressive in offense. So it's going to be a totally different ball game, different game plan, and it's going to put them in a tough spot, uh, especially on defense, to try to make plays and keep the score in check. And with that, you know, first year general manager Chris Ballard made a huge overhaul, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you're talking about a lot of new bodies, a lot of new faces and tried to get this defense, who statistically was ranked 30th in the NFL last year, Stephen. What have you seen? What's there to get excited about? And who's going to make some plays for this defense to hold the fort down in case Andrew Luck, or even when he comes back, uh, who's those guys going to be? 
Well, it's ambitious. I mean, they could have seven, eight new starters on defense. I mean, even in the NFL, that's a lot of turnovers. So, you know, we'll have to see. I, I think the unit is still sort of coming together. They've had so many guys in and out of practice because of injuries that it's really hard to tell what the unit really looks like. But they've got to get their two rookie defensive backs healthy. Quincy Wilson out of Florida and Malik Hooker out of Ohio State. Those are two potential playmakers. They've got to get those guys healthy. But they've missed so much practice this preseason. I don't know if either guy's going to be in the starting lineup come day one, but Malik Hooker is a guy they're really excited about because of the playmaking ability. And then beyond that, you have some guys like Jabal Shear. Can they turn him into a, a consistent pass rusher? That remains to be seen. John Simon is the other outside linebacker. Good edge setter, has a little pass rush ability. We'll see what he can bring. And then it's going to be, I think, guys like Jonathan Hankins, We'll have to see if he, in the middle of that defense, defensive tackle, can elevate his game and sort of replicate some of the things he did in past years with the New York Giants. But they gave him $10 million a year, so they're expecting. Uh, talk about some of the draft picks. What can we expect? You know, obviously Hooker in a situation where, uh, you know, he, they got to get something out of him this year. And uh, I believe... Uh, you know, you look down some of the guys like Zach Banner, even down into the draft, you might need some of these guys to step up and, and really, uh, you know, do some work for you. Yeah, this class, I think, has a chance to be good, but it's going to take a little time. None of these guys are there yet. And it starts at the top always with Willie Cooker, the first-round pick. They were elated to get this kid because they thought he was going to be, you know, a top eight or ten pick. He slides to 13 or 14, I should say, and, and they were – thrilled to get him, and, and as they should have been. But the problem is he missed the whole offseason. So he was coming off hip surgery from Ohio State, the national championship game or the playoff game. And then he gets there and started training camp. He pulls a hamstring, so he's dealing with that. And then he's got a shoulder. And so it's just been one frustrating thing after another. He has to get healthy and has to prove he can stay healthy. That's, that's something I think people are worried about, rightfully so. But if he does, Mike Hooker has just a – an unbelievable playmaking ability that not a lot of guys on this defense possess. So if he can get going and really can bring that center fielder type attitude and, and mentality to this defense, they could really have some big plays out of him. And that's what you need, especially when your offense is struggling. You need that. You know, you need turnovers. You need plays on defense. So he can give them that. Quincy Wilson, I think, is going to be a really good man-to-man corner at some point, he's just been sort of dinged up too, but he's got some potential. One guy, a dark horse kid to, to watch, uh, I talked about Philip Walker out of Temple. Well, there's another Temple kid, Nate Hirston, the corner who they drafted in the fifth round out of Temple. Well, I think this kid has a chance to be the starting nickel on opening day. We'll see, but, but right now he's got a shot. And he is a fearless tackler who gets after people in the running game and is a pretty physical guy in the passing game as well. So this kid, I'm telling you, he's opened my eyes already, and I think you'll see him at some point before the season's up uh, making some plays for the Colts season. Hey, Steven, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Take care of yourself. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.